Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. You guys have been hearing uh, for a long time about how much I love Cross Tracks, but now you're going to hear from somebody else. So we got George Gerges here. George is a member and user of Cross Tracks. George, tell me real quickly what you love about Cross Tracks. The simplicity of using it and the ability to customize everything that you could do with Cross Tracks is awesome. It actually allowed me to take the way that I do my business and implement it into their system. And not only am I able to manage 10 or 15 cases, I'm able to manage 50 to 100 cases with the same effort. Fantastic. So Crosstracks, um, the case management system, they are SOC 2 certified. Basically, that's an encryption, really an upgrade. They're the only ones out there that are doing it. So please support this great sponsor that supports our show. Uh, check them out. The links are in the show notes. Crosstracks, if you're an investigator, you should be using them today. Are you an investigative professional with an international problem you can't solve? Conflict International has the knowledge and relationships to jump in for you. We compensate investigators for referring cases to our office. Contact us today for details. Conflict International uses insight, intelligence, investigation, risk management, and strategic solutions to solve problems troubling individuals and companies of all kinds anywhere around the world. Whether you're planning to hire a person to a position of trust, carry out due diligence on a company, trace hidden assets, or require skilled boots on the ground, Conflict International investigators can seamlessly pursue a case across borders, offering a truly global solution. Find out about our extensive range of services at conflictinternational.com. Conflict International, global reach, international knowledge. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Do you remember the movie Catch Me If You Can? You know, the one with Leo DiCaprio, where he's cast as Frank Abagnale, a con man who evades the FBI for years. Well, today we welcome back Javier Labia. You may remember Javier from our Valentine Scam Show this year. He has a great eight-part segment on his pretend podcast. It's an absolute must-listen. Javier breaks down the life of Frank Abagnale and even confronts him on his claim to fame. So please welcome Javier and your host, Private Investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. I asked a friend of mine to come back on because he's got this great web series or, or podcast series on the Catch Me If You Can guy, Frank Abendale. So uh, Javier Levy, I want to welcome you back to the program. How are you? Ah, oh, Matt, thank you so much. It's so fun to be on your show because I, I I love everything PI and you know that that this our shows are very uh, simpatico in that way, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 So so you pulled a thread. And yeah. the thread became a very long thread. And I feel like you're knitting a freaking sweater now. So. And I didn't even expect to pull the thread to begin with. You know, it was just like one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, Frank Havignaud, I've always wanted to cover that guy. Right, and then right. uh, 
and I thought maybe it would be one episode. Then it turns into three episodes, and now it's eight episodes, and I'm capping it at eight, even though there's definitely more material. I thought it was nine. like it was supposed to be six, right? Oh, yeah, it going? changes. I just stopped calling it. You know, I, I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to do it as long as it takes, but I think that eight feels right. I, I got to wrap it up at eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had you on um, around uh, Valentine's Day. We had done scammers and all oh, that. Yeah, For folks right. who didn't listen to that episode or are not sure who you are, um, you do a, a podcast called Pretend, and yeah. uh, you focus on fraudsters and scammers and, and all that good stuff. And uh, your, your background is uh, in, in journalism, correct? Correct. Yeah, I used to work in journalism, got out of journalism. I've done documentaries in the past. And now I work in marketing. That's my day job. But I missed it. I missed telling stories and looking into things, getting into trouble. And so that's why I started the podcast. I never imagined in my wildest dreams that five years later, I'd still be doing it. You know? Yeah. It's so well produced, man. You really like you can see your 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 heart goes into it. It's really. Uh, oh, yeah. Really it's. It's definitely uh, still in the hobby phase, right? <laughs> I haven't quit my day job, but I love it. I mean, that's what keeps me going. It's, I feel like telling these stories, I, I try to go after stories that are not well-known, uh, Frank Abagnale being the exception to the rule. Right. But even, even the Frank Abagnale story, I feel like it actually kind of fits that because we think we know Frank Abagnale's story from Catch Me If You Can, but actually we don't know him at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's compelling to listen to it. Right. So folks, I, I encourage you to check it out. It's like definitely in my library and um, you know, we all know the movie, right? Catch me if you can yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's this the romantic version of his scumbag. Essentially. <laughs> uh, essentially you know. the real Frank Abagnale's life is exactly the opposite of the movie. Right. It, it just in, invert the movie. And then you have the real Frank Abagnale. Right. So he definitely conned Mr. Spielberg and some other people in Hollywood. So Or did he, right? Right, exactly, right? <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Um, so how did you come across that topic? Like, walk me through that. Like, how did you get to that opportunity and say, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I've got some, some meat here or thread to pull on? Well, it's interesting because five years ago, I wanted him to be my first guest. I mean, I'm doing a show about con artists, and he is the granddaddy of them all. He's... He's America's most beloved con artist. <laughs> Our favorite scumbag. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but at the time, you know, I bought into the story of Catch Me If You Can and that he was a doctor, a pilot, a lawyer, a professor, and that he stole or wrote $2.5 million in bad checks all around the world. I bought into it. I, I bought into it for the same reason you bought into it, the same reason that the people listening to it bought into this is because who would make something up like that, right? Like it has to be real. And right. I didn't give it much thought, but I contacted him five years ago when I started the podcast and he said, no, he doesn't like to talk about his past anymore. I'm like, All right. And five years go by and I'm working on this big series that something happened and I, I was not ready to come out with this series that I was working on. So I needed to fill in the hole was something right and so i looked back and i was like hey frank abignot i would love let me see if he'll do the podcast and he wouldn't and so uh i started looking into him and i started realizing that there's this guy named alan logan right who wrote the book called the greatest hoax on earth and that book was independently published and did not catch fire with the media i mean it was it, it just went 
it was like a blip on the radar, but I, I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, is this guy for real? And so I started contacting him and, and he's like, I'm not interested in, in doing the podcast. Uh, I'm out of the Abagnale business. And so <laughs> he challenged me. He said, why don't you recreate my research? Right. And I said, okay. And so I started filing all these publicly available documents proving yeah. that Frank Abagnale couldn't have been a pilot, a lawyer, a doctor, a professor, because right. Right. he was in prison the there whole time. The whole so, time. So folks was, that are that are not uh, watching the video. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah that's okay. <laughs> Javier just held up a uh, piece of paper showing that he was in prison. So Yeah, Frank Abagnale's yeah. prison card, which is yeah. the... It's a silver bullet. This is like the thing that kills his story because it, it the, the reason why Spielberg made a movie from him is that you have this dashing 16-year-old that a 16-year-old, just think about that for a second. A 16-year-old posing as a pilot. Come on. Yeah. You know, like if you think about it for more than 30 seconds, that doesn't even make sense. And a doctor supervising uh nurses and other doctors at a pediatrician hospital. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, that right there, once I got a hold of his prison card, that's where the strings, you know, you're pulling the strings analogy started happening because once he pulled that string, yeah. then all, everything comes rapid. So if he wasn't a doctor, a lawyer, a professor, then what the hell was he doing? And that that's actually what's more interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't want to spoil anything for folks, but it, as you go on through each episode, it, you, you really get more and more information, and it, it just spiders out, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, I've in been, ways I didn't even see coming. Honestly, I just listened to episode seven. I was just like scratching my head, like, huh, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, in episode seven, you discover that, and we discovered, and that. I had no idea, you know, going into this, that Frank Abagnale's older brother may have been a even better con artist. Like as my hero. <laughs> yeah. This guy posed as a therapist, faked his resume, uh, actually lived and worked as a therapist for decades. Yeah. You know, he like well-known, well-respected. And yeah, <laughs> had multiple aliases, had a yeah. real shady life. And I'm working with his daughter to try to figure all that out. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> That was yeah. cool. The, the back and forth with the daughter was really, really cool. And, you know, I joked that the guy's my hero. He's really not. The guy's like a really <laughs> piece of garbage. Something with like young kids and stuff. Like, really uh, yeah, he kidnapped uh, a seven year old girl. You know, it's just really strange. Both these Abagnale brothers, they have this strange fascination with children. When Frank Abagnale, every time he left prison, he yep. would immediately find a job working with children, either at a church group with uh, mentally disabled children or at a at a kid's summer camp, posing as a pilot and stealing from them. Or he went and worked at an orphanage after that, posing as a therapist. I mean, both these brothers kind of had very weird fascinations with children and had a fixation with the assuming other identities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a love hate relationship, apparently. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> so, a very love hate relationship. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Just so, uh, so strange on this stuff. You know, it, it, you wonder if Hollywood should be hiring like investigators <laughs> to vet script when they come in and they're telling uh, something is like based on a true story. I hate to put that much diligence, you know. I don't know. I hate to put that much responsibility on Hollywood because it's, you know, they're trying to tell a story, and we all kind of accept that even if it's based on a true story, that characters were consolidated, timelines were condensed. Yeah. We accept that, but 
we go into that movie thinking that some of this is real, or at least it's based off of something that is real. And that is the real difference here, because Catch Me Buchan is not based on a true story. It's based on a lie. And this podcast series is not about debunking a movie. That would be too easy. Maybe that's right. like the first few episodes. Right. This this is really about exposing a man who has created this lie and has reaped the benefits of, of living this life that he never lived. And he charges twenty to $30,000 a speech. He still does that. He's in his 70s. This, this guy has been conning people since the Rolling Stones were a band. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> this is about exposing a man who who allegedly went out to the University of Arizona posing as a doctor slash physician and was accused of giving physical exams to young co-eds because <laughs> he, he was recruiting stewardesses. Okay. <laughs> that That's who we're trying to uncover yeah. so that they don't celebrate that guy in a musical, in a hit Hollywood movie. Next, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. And then they recently gave this guy an ethics award, which, yeah, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's somebody definitely did not do their homework. Right. I feel like you're you're not taking shots at the movie because Spielberg's people sent you a letter. <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually no, I do would like to take a shot at the movie. Yeah. So I, I guess I never finished my thought is that yeah, I don't want to give that much responsibility to Hollywood to to be responsible for doing that in depth of a research and giving us a fully accurate uh representation of what really happened. But here's what I wonder, you asked, like, he fooled Steven Spielberg. And I was like, I don't know. Did he fool yeah. Steven Spielberg? Or did Spielberg, Steven Spielberg just turn a blind eye to it and, and yeah. just went along with it? Because awesome. really, before Steven Spielberg, I mean, Abagnale had his heyday in the 80s when he was on Carson and all the stuff. And, and, and the, the like, then, dating game and stuff like what yeah yeah but then after that after that he, he kind of you know went away alan logan likes to describe him as you know this this cheap car salesman type of guy going around you know just schlepping his his story around but it wasn't until steven spielberg propped him up right that he became the legend that he is today and steven spielberg whether he knows it or not is like solely responsible for creating this monster. I had no idea who the dude was until the movie came out. Yeah. Right. I mean, for sure. And that's, uh, yeah, you're, you're of a certain age, you know? Yeah. But I was on a flight the other day and it was on there, you know, like this, this, <laughs> this movie will you can't get away from it, bro. You can't get away from it. It, it, it was, it was a jeopardy question yeah. just this week. <laughs> you're surrounded by Frank Havingdale. <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, one can make the argument that you're doing the same thing, right? You're fanning the flames. I am. But and I feel like the difference is that I am actually telling the real story of Frank Abagnale. Yeah. And despite my best effort and despite Alan Logan's best effort to tell people the real story of Frank Abagnale, people will either not hear it because we don't have enough of reach or if they do listen to it, they won't believe it, you know. Because it, it it's like telling people Santa Claus is not real. Right. But the more we spread the story of the real Frank Abagnale, maybe companies will think twice about hiring this guy. Not not no, they they could hire him for being a cybersecurity expert, but that's not the way they market it when they they're like, hey, we got Frank Abagnale speaking at our conference. He's the con man from Catch Me If You Can. He and then they describe this story that we now come to realize is made up. You know what I mean? And, you know, and you, you don't really hear anything from the FBI either, right? 
Yeah. This whole yeah. like wor working in association with him and doing all this stuff, like, you know, they were painting it out with that. Like you don't, you hear like little whispers of that, but you never really get an official comment from the government, right? Yeah. So for your audience that probably does not know, Frank Abagnale, you know, after he was a pilot, a doctor, a lawyer, a professor, he went to prison and the, the FBI was so smitten by this guy. They, they're like, man, this is such a clever con artist that we have to recruit him. Okay. And he needs to work for us. And that's the story that Frank Abagnale likes to say that, that he's been working with the FBI for 40 years. Now, to me, that sounds like impersonating an officer, yeah. a, a federal officer. Yeah. It's a little crime. Another one just added to the list. And we know that Frank Abagnale has given free lectures at some FBI-related events, but that's not working at, at the FBI. Like one of my commenters on TikTok said, you could you could be a janitor at the FBI, but that doesn't mean you work for the FBI. <laughs> Does it though? I mean, technically. Well, no, I mean, it works for the FBI, but it's not. he's not some secret agent disabling right. missiles like the way that Frank Abagnale likes to say. Right. But the FBI could just put a kibosh on this right now if they wanted to. Right now, they could just say Frank Abigail has never worked as a federal agent. He has they, never. They don't. They don't put out any kind of statement or anything. Right. right? right. They don't. And so, uh, I don't know why, but maybe they got bigger fish to fry. I, I always wondered about that though. You know, like, why? Why are they not like putting out a position or anything? You know. And it, listen, if you talk to Jerry Williams, you and I both know Jerry, right? Yeah uh F fbi case file review like she's got a whole opinion on this too too yeah, yeah. she's been very helpful with this yeah. and you know jerry has worked for the fbi especially in com in communications and she's a little disappointed you know that the fbi hasn't just come forward with this but at the same right. time you know um i don't know he's like a pesky fly you know it's <laughs> it's not important to them and i don't i i get it there's like there's other things to worry about than frank yeah. abagnale yeah I mean, if he was CIA, that'd be a different story, right? And him and the, I don't know. You would think that if he was FBI, that would be a different story. But yeah. apparently, apparently, you and I could just go around saying that we work for the FBI. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna uh, take a quick break, and then we jump back in. We'll we'll just keep uh, hammering on this topic. It's so fascinating. <laughs> uh, so everybody, sit tight, and we'll be right back. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a Big time sponsor of this program for quite some time and i just love their service i've been using them since the beginning i'm one of their beta customers and it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information what it comes down to is, is scope now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations any internet research and really Spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship 
and association analytics are uh, top-notch. Really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version 3, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. OREP's model is business by the golden rule, and for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for armed investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine available online or via hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host, uh, Javier Levia. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for being here. This having so much fun talking to you about Catch Me If You Can, Frank Abagnale, uh, probably uh, one of the more iconic uh, fraudsters in the United States. So welcome oh, back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. Yeah. So uh, during the break, you and I were chatting a little bit all offline about episode six, which apparently I missed and I got to go back and and catch up on and and it delves more into this question about the fbi we had been talking about that before uh we took a break uh and you were actually able to track down the arresting officer at the fbi so tell me a little bit more about that yeah so there were three fbi agents who arrested frank havoc now okay and now we're talking about the real like what really happened okay right. not, <laughs> not, Tom the Hanks. not the movie version but nobody's running three. outdoors and stuff right? <laughs> yeah these three federal officers were their composite together they're a composite of the of the tom hanks character right and okay. and catch me if you can these were the i spoke to the guy who slapped the cuffs on frank abagnale and I was so excited when when I got a hold of this guy because now, okay, so if the FBI won't tell us that this is a lie. Maybe this agent could just 
put an end to it all, right? He could just like destroy it, right? right? But that's exactly the opposite of what I got. When I contacted Al Brown, who's one of the agents, he told me that he would love to talk with me, but he has to check with the FBI first and he has to check with Frank Abagnale. Now, why would the FBI agent who arrested a criminal have to go check with the criminal for permission to talk to me? So that blew my mind. And that kind of set the tone to what that conversation was going to be like. Something's got to be going on here, man. <laughs> my spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That's so this FBI guy, the guy who arrested him, okay, it wasn't it wasn't a five-year chase, okay? He, he was able to prove that much. It was not a five-year chase the way Frank Abagnale describes in his book that he wrote right. and his other book that he wrote. Um, he... It was a two-hour chase, maybe an hour chase. Basically, what happened was that the New York field office called the Atlanta field office and said, hey, could you pick up this white-collar criminal who's staying at this motel? And so they're like, yep. And they got in their car, and they drove to this motel, slapped the cuffs on him, took him to jail. That was it. That's all that this agent knows. So he actually believes the stupid story that's out there about the pilot, lawyer, doctor, Professor thing. It's nuts. So why would he have to ask Frank Avenue if he just went there and slapped cuffs on him? I just, it, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And why would he even remember much about Frank Avenue? Frank Avenue was a nobody back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I'm surprised he even remembers the thing. And Absolutely. he's an 80 year old guy now. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, these are crazy projects that you work on man how does this not take over your life and become like an obsession oh it does it does that's the trick you know trying to balance family and yeah. work and and the podcast it's it's tricky like it gets stressful because you know i've had a really busy week at work and you know we have a hurricane outside <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's the other thing we're, so, we're, we're filming this now like as yeah. the hurricanes come with you're not in florida you're in no no north no carolina. In north carolina it's not a big deal but i'm just saying like you gotta like squeeze work when the podcast and whenever you can mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i mean it's uh yeah i get the same way right i run my investigation business and and yeah. you know faithfully i'm i have episodes out every monday you yeah know, I that's crazy. one monday in three years and it was but we're always working here right yeah. And our yeah. brain, yeah, our brain's always going. <laughs> People don't realize the effort that it goes into putting these shows together and how, and how much it takes. And and I have a producer. I don't, I, you don't, right? You do everything yourself. No, I do everything myself. Yeah. Hats off to you, man. I know. I know. <laughs> you win. It's crazy. Uh, it, it, it's not. So like, what are some of the other topics for pretend that you're uh, um, thinking about pitching out? What, what, where are you going next? Actually, one that maybe you could help out with it, this next one is a big head scratcher it's a it's a mystery and if frank abagnale's story was full of evidence mm -hmm. full of public records you know i could go for days disproving this guy's lie this new story has almost no evidence at all and it's a, a big whodunit it's a stalker story okay so there's this family who's getting stalked but they think they know who the stalker is but it could actually be them stalking themselves. It, it's a really, <laughs> okay. It, it, trust me, I, I can't even, I'm trying to figure out a way of shortening that description, <laughs> but it is crazy. And uh, I could definitely, if your listeners are out there, I could use some PI help to try yeah. to figure this guy out. Well, well, well let, let's talk about it a little bit because I, I had uh, Sheila Waisaki on last year. Um, she was a, a great podcaster also. 
and she uses this concept of like crowdsourcing podcasting to solve crime, right? So she's got all these, you know, unanswered uh, crimes that she looks into and she actually gets tips off of, um, you know, her, her podcast show of people saying, yeah, I, I know a little bit about this. Let me, you know, look in that direction and, and look in this direction. That it could works. really come into play for this yeah. story because stalkers don't usually just target one person. They are usually stalking multiple people, especially digital stalkers. It's, it's a lot easier, right? Cause you don't have to like physically be there. And if this couple is really getting stalked, then that stalker, once, you know, we, unravel the story a little bit should have stalked somebody else and maybe those people could, could come forward and help us put some of the pieces together because right. this is this is a uh, there is one piece of evidence that, that's pretty compelling in this case uh, i don't want to give it away but yeah i mean this one's going to need the help of everyone yeah. who lives in that area to help us out that's it's very cool to see that stuff work i remember Phil talking about it. i'm just like wow that's a really cool concept and yeah, yeah it, it, it works because, you know, we all have that need to insert, insert ourselves into the story, right? Yeah. As, as humans, when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're going back and forth and you want to have, you, know, you want to be relatable or you want to feel necessary or helpful, right? So you're listening to this thing going, wait, wait a second. Like I got info here. I mean, it's the whole idea of a, a tip line, right? Right. Leave a tip and uh, help us solve this, this crime. It's like you're, you're using other resources. Um, and, you know, it's very interesting here, this whole stalker phenomena, you know, when you start talking about metaverse and, and you know, online lives and things like that, like these are real issues that, that are getting worse, right? <laughs> as we uh, become keyboard warriors and, and hide behind that veil of secrecy as to who this person is, I think this is becoming more and more of a problem. I feel like uh, mental illness in general um, because of social media has really kicked up a, a, a notch. I mean, you're seeing the, um, the effects of, of a lockdown from COVID of people being, you know, sheltered in place for a long time and living their life now online. And, and there's like some serious mental issues that are going on. So oh, yeah. it's like I, part I, for the course. I mean, I have a teenage kid and, and the things that I hear that are happening at middle schools and, terms of mental health I mean, we didn't have to deal with that when we were kids and i know that's true i know every generation says oh when we were kids things were better but right. seriously the topics and the issues that they're dealing with i i personally never had to deal with them yeah. didn't know anybody who had to deal with them and it's it's very serious i mean what yeah. this digital age we live in it's crazy how there's just been that shift uh, and i remember like when 9-11 happened and I was living in New York, like for me, I got online and I got into like these fantasy reality games and that's where I escaped because, you know, it was safe. I could go there and, sure. and not have to worry about anything. I had my, my nine to five job. I'm in New York City. I'm seeing all this like craziness going on still for probably a year or two after it happened. And then I'm coming home and I'm going to jump into my, you know, false uh, community here and meet up with all my friends online that yeah. you know, are all over the world, by the way, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, and then I had this thing and then I met my wife and I was like, okay, it's time to come back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> getting <laughs> my game up and, uh, you know, and I literally gave away the character in the, in this, 
I, it was EverQuest was the game I was playing. Oh, really? I, I was like level 75. Was super yeah, but that's part of your identity, right? You it was. It. it was becoming my, I was like, you know, this elf guy that could help, uh, you know, a tree elf that could help to go do something, right? And then I remember when I gave my character away, uh, I gave it to a buddy of mine who was a necromancer and he took the life and he sacrificed the life of my character to make oh. his character better. So, so it was a, a ritualistic sacrifice, huh? Yes, that's <laughs> it was a good send off. <laughs> that's funny but i digress um and and that was the beginning of coming out of my shell actually and starting my own business and really deciding like who i was and what i wanted to be but i needed that uh, to unplug like that for a little bit um so you, you see this this harsh reality of you know people running to online to, to live another life right yeah that escapism you know that's interesting because my podcast is pretend pretending to be someone else and, and your metaverse avatar or whatever yeah. that's an interesting concept right yeah. that um that's what the metaverse is all about is where it's going I, yeah. I i've been talking about this for probably a year now the the investigator that figures out how to effectively investigate the metaverse is going to be wow. king of the world because it does you that, create crimes i mean or commit right. crimes in the I, metaverse like i, I don't know investigate. yeah there's got to i mean there's think about it there's transactions, right? There's Bitcoin. There, there yeah. is a, a, a money Ooh. aspect to it, right? So there's going to be fraud in there. 100%. Oh my God. Wherever there's money, there's fraud. Absolutely. hundred percent. So if you could figure I'm that sure out. I'm sure it's already there. Oh, that, that would be a cool little series to work on. I see. I give, I'm giving you content. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. The first digital crime or metaverse crime. <laughs> Like what? What is that avatar going to look like? That investigator is it like Sam? It probably Spiller? looks like Frank Abbott now. Yeah, <laughs> Let him go, buddy. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we moved on from that ten minutes ago. So my wife says she's like, really? Like, gosh, you know, I'm working on the final episode. I will never say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you you laugh about it, but the the guy who who wrote the book there, Logan, uh, it, the yeah. same thing, right? He probably went through that where you get so obsessed with it and you look at mm -hmm. it, you just get so disgusted by yeah. what this guy did and all that. It's becomes, hard to let go, yeah. It becomes an obsession, then it's hard to let go. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. the people around you are just like, all right, enough about the app. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's exactly my life lately. It's like, all right, enough about app now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving with this guy, <laughs> for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> That's why I'm wrapping it up, man, because we're going to go into like, crazy land now if we yeah. keep going but yeah i'm glad but yeah, to see, man. see it doing so well it's I'm, I'm super happy for you let's find ways to partner up i love this yeah. metaverse uh story that there has to be something there i'm going to research that today after yeah. we're done yeah I, I i feel like that's that's the next frontier of where my industry is going you know where where, where folks are going to you know see something that you know that they can they can help out investigating it you know it's just like there's so much secrecy in that there's so much pretend right that uh somebody's got to figure oh, the out whole something. thing is built on pretend yeah you know you could you could be the the cool kid yeah online yeah. when you're not in real life i mean that's the whole premise of it is it's like finally you could be who you want to be yeah, the matrix online. is real you know it's, yeah it's, it's, seriously all right i want to learn how to fly a helicopter okay downloading coming <laughs> yeah know? The red pill or the blue pill, right? Yeah, it's nuts. It's it really red. And, and you know, like I think the older generation thinks, ah, this is just another phase. But no, it's already happening. I mean, like it's you said, it's thing. been ha it's been happening since like nine eleven when when yeah. you were escaping. I mean, it's just now becoming a thing. We're putting a word to it. 
So they said the same thing about the World Wide Web in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Eh, it's a fad, you know, whatever. It's a cool little thing for to play games, but there's never going to be commerce on there and there's never going to be, you know, you know, this back and forth with information, you know? And somewhere Al Gore is going, <laughs> okay, you know, like I told you so. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's all good. It's man. just a series of pipes, man. It's just yeah. a series of pipes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, we're going we're gonna to wind down here, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's tell folks uh, one more time where to find this awesome podcast series. Oh, okay. Well, the, the podcast is called Pretend, and you can just search for Pretend anywhere you download podcasts. And the series is called The Real Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. And it's an eight-part series. There's tons of bonus material, too, that I tried not to inundate the main feed with. So yeah. check it out. And- and the other thing too, it's not just catch me if you can, right? So you have a book of of content that is just oh awesome, yeah, you know, over a uh, hundred episodes of of different con artists and interviews with con artists. I I once um, was invited inside of a cult. That was mm-hmm. another obsession of mine. That this very yeah. long case <laughs> that I worked on called the Prophet, right. and that was. That was really interesting. It's probably one of my pro- most popular series. And my new series is about this cyber stalker. Yes. We don't know who's pretending in that case, but it should be a good one. Yeah, that's I'm excited for that. And the, the Russian spy episodes. Oh, the, yeah. With the were, KGB. Yeah. That, I mean, that had me. That was the first uh, episode set that I listened to. And I was like, oh, wow. Cool. This is, there's something here, man. This is so, so good. I had to go to that. I'm like, I got to have this guy on my show. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's such a great storyteller. They made a whole podcast series out of him. I haven't listened to it, but yeah. yeah. It was riveting. The whole, I have one family here, another family there, and I had to make a choice of, you know, who is going to be my family. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I never in a million years thought I would interview a former KGB agent, right. but here we are, you know. Yeah, but you couldn't lay an avid now, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, I got him, actually. He didn't want to be on my podcast, but I got him. I, I flew all the way to Vegas, yeah, and, and confronted him. So I talked to him, shook the man's hand and everything. So, so we're going to close on, on this this one thought, which I think is really, really neat. One of the episodes, you actually empower some of your listeners to start questioning him. And I thought that was the funniest thing, right? We we've now like set forth the the your your army of <laughs> people to start calling the, him out wherever he's going. Pretenders, to. yeah. He he won't know when we're coming next, you know. <laughs> and and the, the guy was such a great question asker. I feel like he did it was so deadpan. Oh. You know, he was just like, "Can you explain like why you're just full of crap?" <laughs> Can you tell everybody <laughs> that you're lying to them. It was awesome. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. That by, that guy, by the way, if you're listening, Jim Grinstead from the Scams and Cons podcast. He's a friend, fellow uh, con artist podcaster. He's great. And he had the cojones to go up to Cincinnati and confront Frank Abagnale while he was getting an ethics award at Xavier University. That guy, Dude, he's a hero in ethics. That is something that like was done on the Howard Stern show, like stuttering John Melendez would come up and just start asking stupid questions to celebrities. <laughs> but, but he's a lot sharper than stuttering John. But yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we're going to close on that. So Javier, thank you so much yeah. for coming back on. Uh, folks, check out his podcast. It really is worth a listen. It's, it's in my rotation, one of my favorites. So, uh, awesome. Javier, thank you for, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Wow, that was a fun episode. Javier has done such a great job with his investigation into this bogus con man. 
make sure you check out the episodes on his pretend podcast. A link is in the show notes. Special thanks goes to Cross Tracks, Conflict International, Scope Now, PI Institute of Education, and ORAP for sponsoring our show. So make sure you support our great supporters. And have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Now's the time to get on board. Join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. Just use code PIP201836 to save 10% when you join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and we like your feedback so we can bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.